this morning uh, thinking back a little bit to, to those days in the Afrikaans class where uh, you have to go do a mondeling, an oddle. And, uh, you know, there, there's always that plichie, eh, who like, you, after he went, no one else wants to go. <laughs> oh, that's what the Holy Spirit made me feel like this morning. Like, <laughs> I, I, like I told Paul, like, can we just land the meeting and let's go home? Like, <laughs> the Lord has done what he wanted to. I feel, well, he always wants to do more. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, take my, my preach and basically remove a lot of the, the notes that, um, that I made because uh, I want to bring over the, the message, um, but I do trust this morning that the Lord, as He has been working this morning, that He will keep on working. And even if I just share the message instead of a bunch of notes with us this morning, that the Lord will come and He will take that message, He will... Um, grounded in our hearts, and He will work with us. Um, so, please forgive me. I'm my six pager will now become a half pager. So, um, let's see what the Lord does this morning. What more He does? Um, uh, where's Where's Quentin? Are you taking notes? We uh, this morning's message might feel a little bit like a marriage prep. <laughs> Um, the, if you are making notes, you can, you can call this, uh, preach, uh, our relationship is our responsibility because let's take a very practical example here. Enrico is not responsible for Lisa and myself's relationship. Um, and Paul is not responsible for the relationship between Enrico and his wife. And so no one who's sitting next to you, not even your spouse, if you're married this morning or engaged or whatever your relationships are, not either, even them are uh, responsible for your relationship with them. To clarify that, Lisa is not responsible for my relationship with her. I'm responsible for that. And she's responsible for the relationship of her relationship with me. And hence, we can form that relationship and be happily married, right, Lee? You have to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you are sitting here this morning and you've ever been in love um, or <clears throat> you are in love, married guys, uh, um, or you've ever thought of what a happy marriage would look like one day, that is dreaming of that still. Um, I do not suggest that you go and Google this, please. I did, to my despise, is that the correct English word? Um, I, I regret that I, this may, yes, karma. So, Okay, sorry, okay, I'm going to stop with the jokes. <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm really going to try and stop with the, the majority of them. Okay, no. Um, 
<laughs> please don't go Google how to have a happy marriage or a happy relationship. It's, it's really not helpful. Um, I will share a, um, a point or two out of what I found there so that you can see how sketchy it does become. Um, uh, I did Google how to have a happy marriage, not because I wanted to know, um, just because I wanted to see what is out there to actually warn us against what is out there. Um, so, you know, you, you type it in and then like a few bullets pop up and they go like, oh, communicate clearly and often. Now, if you do marriage prep um, with Mac and Nadine, there's, there are um, guys in Cape Town, in Josh Jen, who, who has done our marriage prep and so on. They will always start off with the first rule of marriage is communicate, 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 communicate. That's the first five rules. Um, but it is very important. So Google got that one right, I do believe. And then it says be thankful, uh, make time to be alone, um, have personal time. Uh, it's okay to disagree. Uh, where I was like, well, what do you mean it's okay to disagree? Um, I will touch on that one. Build trust. Oh, we can agree on that one. We need to trust one another. And learn to forgive. And I was like, yeah, I, I can see how that is something that the Bible also teaches us. So I'm not going to go through all of them. Communication, that's very, um, very clear in the Bible as well. We, as a church, we are the body of Christ. But we're not just a body. We're actually his bride that he's coming back for. And as a bride, you need to communicate. You need to communicate with the groom. And our groom is God. We need to make time to communicate with him, spend time with him. So I'm going to take communication um, as well as spend time and be alone with God, throw all of them all together. Make sure you have quiet times, not just on a Sunday morning before we come to church, Lord, please forgive my sins and come to church. Make sure during the week that you spend time with the groom, with God. Listen to his voice. Wherever you go, whenever you meet with people, whenever you're in your job, wherever you go, on the road, make sure that you are communicating with him. Um, one of the bullets, be thankful, was was actually so, uh, when I read it, I was immediately, immediately, I thought of Jesus died on the cross for us. And immediately I, I was just in tears of like, I'm really thankful for Jesus dying because he set us free. He has set us free. And it was coming out this morning as well, just the whole time of how God has sent his son to die on the cross so that we can be set free to live for him. Um, so, if that is something that you haven't been thankful for in a while, um, yeah, you can be. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, we would have been going through that pain and suffering that he went through. And then the one that I was a bit like, mm, it's okay to disagree. Now, that, many of you have probably heard the thing, let's agree to disagree. I mean, we've We've said that before. I know I have in my classes sometimes for my students. But with God, I don't agree that that's his statement. And Paul, you guys are more than welcome to, to help me here. 
if I'm in the wrong. But I do believe that if you disagree with what's in the Bible, you need to check your heart. You need to posture your heart in such a way that God can come and rectify, that he can come and correct, if necessary, rebuke you. So, a note that I did make here is what is your heart's posture when you read something or get taught something that goes against your culture or what you were um, taught previously? Thanks. What happens when someone, when Paul stands up this morning and goes like, hey guys, demons still exist because we read it in the Bible. What happens in your heart? Mm -mm, No, I don't agree. Well, it's not a game to disagree with God. You need to check your heart. You need to posture your heart so that God can still speak to you. Because without that communication, you're not building your relationship. You're not taking responsibility for your relationship. Um, Hannah, uh, province, uh, province. <laughs> Proverbs 15, verse 32 and 33 says, Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. And the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. Um, As well as Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17, all scriptures is breathed uh, breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, uh, and for correction um, and training in righteousness. So if you disagree then you are not agreeing with this, these scriptures. And that's a hot posture of being teachable. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you disagree with things in the Bible, how's your communication with God? Does it feel like there's something holding you back? Maybe it's this. Um, build trust. I mean, in short, I do agree with that. Um, I need to... Tr- trust my wife, but she needs to trust me as well. And we're, we're quite quick to say, um, trust is earned. If I look at God, He trusts me to preach this morning. And I don't know if I've, I've earned that trust. No, I know I haven't earned that trust. He gave it to me. So if He gives trust, if He trusts me freely, why are we saying you should earn trust? Is that, isn't that a man-made thing to make us self feel better? So I'm not going to stand long. Uh, there's one <coughs> sorry, verse that I want to share there. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5. To trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I'm not going to, I don't feel I have to elaborate on this. Trust in the Lord. If the Lord speaks, trust in Him. If you, if you hear His voice through however, song, something that you feel in your heart, a dream, something, someone who speaks to you, a teaching, whatever, if you hear God speak, 
trust him. Trust that he will be faithful because he is. We are the unfaithful ones. And then the last one there, learn to forgive. <clears throat> Man, what did Jesus do on the cross for us? He came to forgive us. Even before we were born, even before I did all the nonsense I have done, he came, he forgave, so that I can be set free today, so that I can love him wholeheartedly, be devoted to him, so that I can love his church, be part of his bride, so that one day when he comes back, I can join him in heaven. He forgave. So who am I to hold a grudge? Who am I to go, mm, you know, that person did that. Or this person, mm, I don't know if he's trustworthy. Yes, Enrico hurt me once. I don't know if, he, mm, if I'm going to tell him that thing again. I've been there. With brothers in the church. Where I had to go, I, I, I stood in worship and I realized, man, I can't worship this morning because I've got a grudge in my heart. And the Lord said to me, uh, uh, here's a beautiful part of God always be fa being faithful. Even though I had this grudge in my heart trying to worship God Almighty, He still spoke to me. I, I, I could feel like something's holding me back. God still spoke to me that morning. We were still meeting in, in Gray's, Gray College's um, staff room one morning, and uh, God spoke to me. He said, if you want to see the more of me, you'll have to go and forgive your brother. And just there, and then turned around, walked over to the guy. I said, hey, man, listen, you said this. You didn't even know that it hurt me. Like, I know you meant it as a joke, but I, I took offense. But I do want to let you know that I also forgive you. And I realized that I took offense. And I forgave him. And it was like, oh, shucks, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't know. I said, yeah, I know you didn't. <laughs> I'm the one that took offense, not you. <laughs> and we're like, great, man. Turned around, started worshiping God. It was a beautiful moment. We need to forgive so that that relationship can be built. So that, that, was, that was very quickly on, on just a few of those pointers of what it takes to have a good relationship. Um, I don't want to keep it to, to marriage, but the covenant that we have with God is so much bigger than a relationship between friends. It's even bigger than a relationship in a marriage. It's more important. Um, a few of other, the other things that, that popped up, um, just to, to share this with you. The five C's of a relationship, the four pillars of marriage, number one rule of marriage. So we went from five C's, now we have the three P's. Then we have seven rules. I was later on like, Man, are we confused as people? <laughs> like, can't we just keep to one thing? Can't we just have the word and just be both? And then we went over to six principles of making a marriage work. 
Uh, you know, if you got there, but I did get to the following one where, where I wanted to just quickly look at as well was the four pillars of an unhappy marriage. Now, this was very ironically as I typed in what it takes to have a happy marriage, and then this popped up. <laughs> um, so, the, the, one, <laughs> the one thing there was criticism. And it's actually so beautiful because last weekend we had people coming to repent, actually, of, of a spirit of criticizing, coming to church, being um, uh, or criticizing the church or friends. And, and I want to ask you today, like, if you feel like something's holding you back from building that relationship with God, check your heart. Maybe you are criticizing. Uh, maybe you're criticizing his bride. Maybe you're criticizing leaders in the church. Friends, families, family members. Do you come to church with an attitude to criticize, to find what is wrong, what should not be? Or do you come with, a, with an attitude, with a heart to praise, which is the opposite of criticize? Um, contempt, in short, it means to disregard something that should be um, considered, to disregard God's word in your daily life. Oh no, I can make this decision. I can, I don't know, whatever your decisions are. Move jobs, move houses, move towns. Whatever your decisions are. Oh, no, I can make that. Uh, you know, this is, this is a good job offer. It's easy to make this decision without God. You're disregarding something that should be considered. Um, defensiveness or being defensive. Are you always making sure that your sin is covered up? Isn't it easy to justify and the Lord and and the Lord has really been working in my heart. My wife has been asking me this really for years to 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 drive slower. I really have a and and I don't mean I know it's, it's it might be funny, but I really don't mean this as a joke. I, I'm actually at a place where I need to repent because I know I've let people in the church stumble because of this. It's, it, it, it's difficult, and this was my reason. It's, it's really difficult for me to just drive 60. Especially if there's two lanes. Like, I can drive 80 easily, like, at least. And my wife has been asking me for the, for the last five years, please drive slower. And then when she drives with me, I make sure that I'm driving slower, but as soon as she's not with me in the car... <laughs> No, I don't want to make this lightly. I do want to say sorry, my love, for not respecting that and actually dishonoring you, dishonoring God, because I was dishonoring the law. And I, was, I kept on defending me driving faster or driving fast. So the last month, I've been really trying 
and uh, I, I trust I'll keep getting it right. Sorry for the times I don't, but I don't want to use an excuse anymore. I don't want to be defensive about my sins anymore. Any sin. Whatever your sin is here this morning, whatever you are struggling with, make sure you are not defending it in any way. Um, and uh, uh, Andrew Silly has this saying, no, I have to take out my phone again, um, just to make sure that I don't say this wrong. Paul, I think I send it to you. Um, where's your note? Hold your opinions lightly, but hold on to God tightly. So, whatever your opinions are, make sure you're not defending them too tightly. And then the last one I want to get to, and I want to land with this one, is having a, uh, the, the heading said stone wall. And this is very clear in the Bible as well. God does not want us to have hearts of stones. He does not want us to be hardkoppig, stubborn. That is not godly. Now, I will do things my way. It's been working. That's stubbornness. That's what it is. Nothing else. And you should repent of that. And the people that you've been stubborn to, you should say sorry to. And this is something I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about. Because I have people in my life who is very stubborn and they don't know the Lord. And my question always is, Lord, why are they so stubborn? Why do they not let their guard down? Then I realize that's exactly it. They have built such walls around their hearts that they don't let anything in there. And the way they portray it might be different. This one might be non-emotional, if that's a word. No, like, no emotions. Just a blank canvas staring at you. Doesn't matter what you share with them. The other one might be making jokes all the time. Doesn't matter what you bring to the table. There will always be a joke. It will always be laughed off, scrubbed off the table. Or the other one might be very creative and they might start swearing. They might take whatever you bring to them and change the topic. And I have people like that in my life and I've over and over and over ask God Lord why each time the answer is their hearts have turned to stone so my prayer for all of those people that I know including myself because I don't want my heart to turn back into stone is Lord let me see you every single day Come and touch my heart. And for those who have hearts of stone, my prayer is, Lord, come and touch their hearts. Make their hearts soft. 
And I do want to um, ground this with a scripture, two scriptures. Is uh, in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, it reads as follows. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give a heart of flesh. To make sure your heart is soft so that God can come and he can shape you. He can mold you so that you can mature into the more of him. And in Jeremiah 24 verse 7 it reads, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. Now if you are sitting here this morning and you have turned to God, you know there's only one way to turn to God. Yes, through Jesus. But that's wholeheartedly. There's no halfway. There's no gray area. There's no mm, today, tomorrow, today, tomorrow. It's everything or nothing. And God is very clear about that in the word as well. Not that we're going to look at that now. But I do want you to know that if you give your heart to the Lord, you're giving everything. And once you said, Lord, I want to build a relationship, you have a responsibility to build that relationship. I started forming a relationship with my wife about 10 years back when I photobombed her, uh, a photo of her friends for the first time. That's how we met. Um, <laughs> honestly, that's how we met. And after that, we started forming a relationship. And when I asked her the day that if she would marry me, our relationship or my responsibility of building that relationship didn't come to an end. I still have a responsibility to keep on making sure this relationship gets built. And the same goes for our relationship with the Lord. I'm just going to, I'm going to land with, with this last part here that I wrote down. So if you can close your eyes, um, and as I read this, you might be praying for yourself. I, I want you to, to adjust your heart that, that you will be speaking to God, not just only listening to what I'm reading, but actually speak to God from your heart. Lord, thank you for the relationship I have with you. And I'm sorry if, if I have been missing the plot and not taking responsibility for that relationship. Lord, I pray that you will come and make my heart soft. I pray that, my, that I will reconcile with you. And I also pray for every person I know who do not know you, that they will be touched by you, that the Holy Spirit will work in them, and that they will be reconciled with you. And that relationships between you and every person will be built. And as a relationship comes from both sides, Lord, you are perfect. 
And we know that you always take responsibility for the relationship you build with us. We come this morning and we say, Lord, we take responsibility for building the relationship from our side. Amen.